Good morning, everybody. How we doing? Good. You can be seated. You already did. Thank you. It's a good day. I want to give today our worship team huge props, kudos, all those things. You may not know this, but our team has been decimated by flu and by strep throat and last minute sicknesses even yesterday they were talking I think till 10 11 last night completely changed everything they were doing today there were people up here today that are never up here and they still did an awesome job so thank you to our team for your flexibility for being awesome and loving Jesus because it's noticed and we're grateful for the job you do. It's good to be in church today. If you're a guest today, we welcome you. We want you to be comfortable. We want you to have a good experience. But most of all, we want you to have an encounter with Jesus because that's why we're here. And that's why we do every single thing that we do is that somebody today could have an encounter with Jesus and their life be changed for the better. Whether you're brand new or you've been doing this for 40, 50, 60, 70 years, everybody needs to have an encounter with Jesus. Bottom line. Bottom line. So, um, this month is the month of love. Right? Come on. It's the month of love. Come on. Birthdays, all kind of stuff. Yeah. We're having an event called Ignite. If you are married, if you want to be married and you're with somebody right now and or you have a significant other, this event is for you. February 21st and 22nd. And it's a Friday night and a Saturday till about 1, 2 o'clock, something like that. And it is going to be fabulous. We did this last year. This is our second annual. We'll come together. We'll have fun. There may be a tear or two, but there'll be a lot of fun. There'll be some food. And you'll leave here having a better relationship than when you got here. That's the, that's the point, right? So get involved. If you have any questions, you can see myself, my wife, Pastor Andrew, Laura. We'll give you information. You can get registered online. And we'll be here on the 21st and 22nd, and we'll have a great time. How's that? There you go. All right, so let's do this. This is week two of I love, hate you, or I hate, love you. Whatever order you want to put it in, that means you have some very mixed emotions about somebody, right? Who's ever felt this exact way about a person? Your hands today are like this. They're like, maybe, sheepish, me, I don't know, maybe. I hate love you. It's the month of love. We're looking at what true love looks like in our lives and how that compares with God's feelings and God's plans about love. Martin Luther King Jr. said this, I've decided to stick to love. Why? Because hate is too great a burden to bear. Now, I, I, when I, I was prepping for this today, I, I, I had this thought of, of having everybody, don't do this, having everybody turn to your neighbor and say, I love you. But then I thought that might cause some issues, so I decided not to do that. So there you go. If it's appropriate, you can do that. If not, just keep that, those feelings to yourself. So we'll be better off for it. So you, you get the idea, and we're going to go, and we're going to do this, and I'm sorry. So uh, 1 Corinthians has a passage in it that we use a lot of time for weddings. And if you've been to a lot of weddings, you've probably heard this. Is I call this the love chapter. 
And um, it talks about love. Love is patient. Love is kind. It, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't hold grudges. All those things that describes love. And when we're at weddings, man, people are up here and they're talk, They're saying those things. And, and there's goo-goo eyes and, and all these things. And, oh, it's patient. It's kind. It's all these things. That's how I'm going to be. It's how you're going to be. And then life happens and it all goes away. No, it doesn't work that way, but that's how it happens sometimes. But that, if, if you'll notice in that passage, that's like verses 4 and further on. So I want to back up today, and we're going we're gonna to look at the beginning of that chapter and what led to that description of love. In 1 Corinthians chapter 13, starting in verse 1, If I speak in the tongues of men or of angels, but do not have love, I am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. Whoever watched the gong show back in the day? So if, if, we do, if we speak in tongues of men or of angels and we don't have love, we're like the gong show. If you're, I just dated myself really bad. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have faith that can move mountains but do not have love, I am nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor and give over my body to hardship that I may boast but do not have love, I gain nothing. Hmm. I'm a resounding gong. I, I am nothing, and I gain nothing. So let me sum this up. If I don't have love, I have nothing. I am nothing, and I will be nothing. There's your positive thought for the day. I'll see you next week. No, I'm not going to leave you down there like that. I, I, would, I wouldn't do that. So this is showing us the importance of love and the role that it plays in our life. In 1 John 4, dear friends, let us love one another. For love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. So we have one passage telling us to love one another. And if we do, we know God because God is love. And another passage telling us that if we don't have love, we are and have nothing. So let me ask this question. How many of you love Jesus? Hands. Wow. That's like 98% of the people in the room raised your hands. That's the first time it's ever happened. In, in my life, that's the first time it's ever happened. See, there's no way I can trick you on that. There's no way you can be put in any kind of... We just love Jesus. So we all admit to that. But why do you do what you do? That's the question. Why do you do what? Why are you here today? Why did you just bring tithes and offering up here today or at least feel guilty if you didn't? Why? Why do you try to live a life that is separate from the thinking and actions of, the, of this world? Why, why do we do those things? We're going to break this down today so we can understand the why of what we do. We know that God is love and love compels us to action. It just does. Love compels you to action. You do things for your significant other that you wouldn't do for anybody else. You just do. What did Jesus say? When you've done these things to who? To the least of these, you've done them to me. He's talking about the less fortunate. But Jesus said, when you do these things, you do them to me. Love prompts action. Love prompts action. But, and it's a big one, it's possible to do these things without love. 
It's possible to do them without, stay with me. It, what, if, what, if it's, what if what we do is just an action? What if we do the things we do just because we feel like we should? If we look at, back at the first passage, um, we, we're reading from the, the chapter of love. Paul's describing actions with no love, but they aren't just actions. Think about this. He's not just saying if you drive down the road, if you go to McDonald's, if you do all these things. He's not just describing actions. He's describing religious and church actions. He's saying, if I speak in, in tongues of men or of angels, if I have faith, if I give all, if I give everything away and I don't have love, I have and I am nothing. So he's speaking of things that, that we talk about with our faith. So let's look. If I speak in tongues of men or of angels, like when the day of Pentecost happened in, in, in the book of Acts and all through the book of Acts, I was, I was working one time and I think I was about 23 years old and we were down in Georgetown working on this, making, building this store out. And um, this guy had no idea who he was. And the guy we were working with had some Christian music playing. And I had never met this guy before in my life. Didn't know him from Adam. And he's like, oh, man, I like y'all music. He said, your church speak in tongues? He said, my church does. I got mine. And just blah, 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 blah. I'm like, my eyes are about that big around. I'm like, dude, what are you doing? This, this is not how that works. It's not how any of that works. But it, so if I do that and it's just an action, I, I'm like a sound. This is a, that guy was like a gonging symbol. Made no sense. Acting the fool because that's not how that works. If I have the gift of prophecy, the spiritual gift to foretell, if I have that, that's a God thing. If I have great faith, the Bible says if I have faith, I can speak to the mountain in my life, and it has to move. Another God thing. And if I give everything away that I have, these are all actions that we relate to church. Or if you want to get more starch than that, religion. If I do all of these things, all of these things, and don't have love, I have nothing. Let me, let, me give, let me say this right now. These things right here, they're meant to glorify God, everything that's mentioned right there. But if I do them without love, it's not glorifying God. Who's it glorifying? It's glorifying me. See, religion glorifies me. Relationship and love glorifies God. It's not about me at that point. It's about what God is doing. That means it's possible to do those things without love as a duty rather than a privilege, as a weight rather than a joy, just as something I do rather than something I get to do, a necessity rather than a calling. See the difference in, in those descriptions? One is a task. One is I have to do it. One is something that I must do. One is something that I get to do. I'm privileged to do, and I'm called to do. Here's, here's the difference. Let's break it down between religion and relationship or religion and love. Religion says I have to stand up and sing. Relationship says I, I get to worship my Savior. Religion says I have to get out of bed on a Sunday morning. Relationship says I can't wait to get to church on a Sunday morning. Religion says I have to give money to the church. Relationship says, I'm thankful for my blessings. It's my privilege, and I joyfully give because Scripture says God loves what? A cheerful 
giver. Religion says, I can't do this, this, or this. Relationship says, I want to honor God with my life. That's a big difference. Religion doesn't know love. Relationship is love. That's what it's about. It's about God loved me, and because he loved me, I give myself to him. I do these things out of love. I don't do these things as a function. I don't do these things because they are religious or because I have religion. If you do that, you're going to get tired and burn out very quickly. And what does that lead to? It leads to corruption. It leads to us getting in the way. It leads those things done without love leads to ourselves being glorified. It leads to what the Bible calls vain repetition, just reciting prayers that don't mean anything to you. It's not relationship. Religion doesn't know love, but relationship is love. John 3, 16 said, for, for what? For God, everybody knows this. For God so loved the world, he gave his only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but what? But have eternal life. See, when you do those things, when you, when you do those things with no love, it becomes ritual. It becomes religion. It becomes done for the wrong reasons. But when you do those things with love, it, it's, all, it's about the relationship that you have with Jesus Christ. Religion focuses on what you do, on what you do. Relationship focuses on who you are. And that's a big flip-flop in mindset. Religion will hurt you, it will judge you, it will condemn you and leave you feeling that you can never succeed. Who's felt that way? Who's felt that you will never be good enough, that you can never hit the mark, you can never do what you need to do to be saved, to have Jesus love you or even really anybody else love you? That's what religion will do to you. But see, relationship, it will underscore the fact that you aren't good enough. But it will also let you know that it doesn't matter because he is. And because his strength is made perfect, not in my ability, not in what I do, but his strength is made perfect in my weakness and my failings. That's when his glory shines through because he forgives me and I get back up and I move forward and he works through me in my life. I'll stand here today and tell you that there are many years, I'm not that old, but there are many years that... <laughs> that I fell into the category of, of doing things because I was told to or doing things because I felt like I had to. And it was a responsibility or I, I did them because, none of y'all can probably relate to this, but I did them because I didn't want to go to hell. That, th those aren't the right reasons to do what we do. Those aren't the right reasons to change your life. Those aren't the right reasons to, to, to do those things. Today I do them because I love Jesus. That's all. Today I do them because I love Jesus and that makes all the difference in the world. I, I still do some of the same things and I still don't do some of the same things, but I do them for a different reason and the difference is the why. The difference is the why. Who remembers this song? Oh, 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 how I love Jesus. Oh, how I love Jesus. Again, oh, how I love Jesus. Why? Not because he gave me a bunch of money. 
Not because he did a bunch of stuff. Because he first loved me. That's it. That's the why. And that's, that, that's the why that connects me to him. That's the why that, that begins a relationship in, in, in me from him that changed the way I do everything I do. The approach that I take to my life. It changed everything about who I am and everything that I want to be and every, everything about me. Why? Why? Why do you do what you do? Why are you here today? Are you here because you feel like you should be? Are you here today because it's church and you know you're supposed to go to church and be a good person? Are you here today because it's a religious function? Or are you here today because you want to have a, a connection with your creator? And you want something more than, than just a ritual, something more than just doing things without love. You want to feel that connection. That's why I'm here today, and that's why we do what we do. Let me tell you a few things about this house. We're not going to tell you how to live. And that may freak some of you out. But the Bible tells me to work out my salvation with fear and trembling. That means it's a serious thing for me and God, between him and me, to work out my salvation. It doesn't tell me to work out your salvation for you and to tell you exactly how to live. We're not going to do that here. We had some really awesome and candid conversations in our last session of Grow Track. I love it. But here's what we're, what we're not going to do is... What we're not going to do is tell you exactly how to live. But you know what we are going to do? We're going to give you some biblical principles to apply to your life. To help you begin a relationship with Jesus. And, and through his guidance and, and your sensitivity and your, your heart being in the right place and wanting to follow him, you know what he's going to do? He's going to lead you. He's going to lead you. And we're going to be right there beside you walking with you. And you know what's going to happen? The more you follow him, the more he leads you, the more you learn about him, your life is going to change. Because you can't come in contact with Jesus and not change. You just can't do it. Your life is going to change, and you're going to become more like Jesus every single day. But we're not going to tell you how to live. We're going to give you principles to live by. And you're going to have real authentic growth in your relationship with Jesus. We're not going to condemn you and we're not going to judge you for a mistake. We will try to help you not do it again. Is that all right? We'll encourage you. We'll lift you up. We'll counsel you. We'll do whatever we can do. But again, we're going to give you a principle to live by, a principle to apply to your life that will change who you are. We're not going to think we're better than anybody else because we're not. You know what we all are? Every person in this room, we are all sinners Saved by grace. You're not better than the person next to you, in front of you, behind you, or anywhere else, and I'm not either. We're all sinners saved by grace. We're not going to push you down, but we will lift you up. Because we are our brother's keeper and our sister's keeper. Let me say this. Religion has no place here. Is that all right? It's making some of y'all nervous. But religion has no place here. This is about us knowing Jesus and following him and us growing in our relationship. What, what's it all mean? It means we love. It means we forgive. It means we look for the best in each other and we simply get better together. That's all it is. We love, we forgive, we look for the best and we're going to get better and we're going to grow together. That's who we are and that's what we do.
You, you, won't find, you won't find statements like this in, in, in a ton of churches. You'll find it in some, but not a ton. And, and you're, you're certainly not going to find this in society because society says, take what's yours. Society says, do to others how you're done or get them before they get you. Right? Religion says, do this, do this, do this, and don't do this, and you can be saved. But here's the, here's the deal with all that. Both those scenarios are transactional. They're transactional. You're doing something to get something. Doing something to get something. Doing something to get something. Never quite getting there. Always feeling like you're lacking and have to do something else. This for that. What the world doesn't get and religion doesn't want you to get because it liberates you is that the transaction was paid on Calvary. <laughs> That's the deal. The transaction was paid on Calvary when Jesus died for us. There's nothing else to pay. There's, there's no more penance. He took care of everything for us. When Jesus died, the moment he took his last breath, my debt was paid in full. And that's why I love him. That's why I love him. And that's why I do what I do. That's why Life Center is here. One simple Four-letter word, love. Love. Love is everything. Tina Turner asked the question, what's love got to do with it? <laughs> You're welcome. It's in your head the rest of the day. You're welcome. I love you too. But the answer to that question is, Tina, love is everything. Love is everything. It has everything to do with it everything. If you're doing church things, I'm not telling you to stop. I'm asking you to do them for the right reason, not because you're trying to pay a penance or try to earn what God has for you. Do it because you love him. Do it because you're grateful. Do it because of the, of, of the relationship that you feel growing inside of you and the change that you feel in your life. I had a conversation with somebody this week and, 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 and they said, we, we just can't miss church. We just can't miss that's a difference from I have to go. <laughs> Y'all, that's, that's like left and right spectrums. And what that is, is, that, is that's God doing work in the heart and calling and pulling out gifts and talents and all those things that we talk about but is happening right here in this house. I'm not asking you to stop doing things. I'm asking you to do them for the right reason. It will change your life and your perspective. It will change. But here's, listen to this, if you're not doing things because of religion or because of church hurt, I'm asking you to give love a chance. Give love a chance. Have you experienced love? Have you experienced unconditional forgiveness? See, sometimes we, we use that word forgive and forgiveness, but have you really wrapped your mind around what it would look like to to really think about unconditional forgiveness. Have you experienced love no matter where you've been or what you've done? There's no boundaries on that. There's no boundaries on the love of God. There's no boundaries on the forgiveness of God. Have you experienced grace and love for the wrong that you haven't even done yet? Think about that. When Jesus died, my debt was paid. Not just the, the debt for what I've done when I come to him and repent, but... It, 
the price was paid for what I'm going to do wrong tomorrow. And don't act like you're not going to. Because all of us are. Some of us are going are, are, are gonna to cuss somebody out in our head. Let's just be real. Somebody's going to fly the bird tomorrow at some point. Because somebody cut you off in traffic. There's a teenager in here that's going to call your parents all kinds of names when they tell you to clean your room. There's somebody that's going to take advantage of somebody else or tell a lie on somebody else. Why? Because we're human and we're fallen and we're really messed up. But think about those things. We're going to try not to. But eventually our flesh is going to, is going to rip out of his cage and is going to do something stupid. And then we're going to feel bad. But when we really wrap our mind around God's love for us and what he did when, he, when, when Jesus died, when he said it's finished and he took his last breath and the Bible says he gave up the ghost, when we really wrap our minds around what he did right there, we understand that the, the, the sin I'm going to commit next month is already paid for. Now, that doesn't give me the license to live like an idiot. Oh, Jesus took care of it all. I can do whatever I want to do. I'm good. No. No, it's my job to show the love of Christ and to be his ambassador and his representative and, and to be the very best person I can be and let him shine through me. What that is for is when I do mess up, is when my, is when my flesh does rip out of its cage that I'm trying to keep it in all the time and it makes me look like an idiot or I, I, I yell at my kids or my wife or something like that and, and I, I feel dumb. I know my sin's covered. I know my sin is covered. That's unconditional love. And when you start thinking in those terms and those, those parameters, you'll, your mindset will change and you'll understand what Jesus did for you is greater than anything. that You, you can't earn that. The Bible says that my righteousness, the, the very best that I can do, my righteousness is as filthy rags compared to what he has, compared, compared to his Again, it doesn't matter that I shouldn't try. It doesn't, ma- it doesn't mean that I, I shouldn't try or, or do my best. It just means that I can't earn what Jesus did for me. It's a gift. For God so loved the world, he gave. When you're sitting at Christmas time and you open a gift, you got a new pair of shoes, you don't say, oh, man, thank you for these shoes. They're awesome. I love them. They're going to change my life, and I'm going to spend the rest of my life trying to earn them. <laughs> no, you don't do that. You don't do that. You say, thank you. I love you. They're awesome. You take them out of the box. You lace them up, and you put them on, and you wear them. And when you pull those shoes out of the closet, you think about the person that gave them to you, if you can remember that far back, and, and you're like, these shoes are awesome, and I have gratitude toward this person. That's how that works, right? Well, why do we try? Lord, thank you for salvation. Jesus, thank you for your sacrifice. Thank you that you love me. Thank you that you died for me. I'm going to spend the rest of my life trying to earn it. That's not how this works. You wake up every morning and you're grateful and you have a grateful heart for what Jesus did for you, but you're not trying to earn it. You're just trying to acknowledge what he did for you and live your life out in a way that pleases him. In a way that honors his sacrifice, following the word and following the path that he puts out for you. In love. I hate love you. 
What did Pastor Andrew say last week? Can hate and love exist in the same heart? It can, but it's not supposed to. It can, but it's not supposed to. For God so loved. That's how I like it right there. We can read scripture all day. But let's personalize it. Everybody read that. That's it. For God, let's make it personal. Let's stop this global thing. God so loved the world. Fold our hands, sing kumbaya. I love that. Make it personal. For God so loved me. Even though I've done dumb things, I've sinned just like the rest of you. You might have been dumber than the person sitting next to you. Maybe they were dumber than you. I don't know. We've all been dumb. We're all sinners saved by grace. But no matter what you've done, no matter where you've been, for God so loved me that he gave. That's, that's it. It's all about that right there. For God so loved me, he gave. And because he loved, I. And you, you start filling those blanks in. Because he loved, I will have a grateful heart. Because he loved, I'm going to give my life to him. Because he loved, I'm going to let him change my life. Because he loved, I'm going to serve him with my life. That's, that's, the, that's the frame that this picture should be in. Not because I have to. Not because somebody told me to. Not because I don't want to go to hell. Not any of those reasons. Not because it's a ritual or religion or, or my great-grandmother did it. Because he loved me, I... 1 John 4, dear friends, let's, let's frame it like this. Love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Now it makes more sense. Whoever does not know, does not love, does not know God, because why? Because God is love. Because he loved me. The fruit of the Spirit in Ephesians. What is the first attribute of the fruit of the Spirit? Love. My wife's third grade class has a song they sing about the fruit of the Spirit, and it's quite... Cute but quite annoying after you hear it like 45,000 times. <laughs> Yo, I'm getting some booze. Here's, here's the deal. It's, it's cute when, when third graders memorize that and they can, like, a lot of adults don't know the fruit of the Spirit, but they can just recite it, boom, boom, boom. But love is the first thing. But where there's, where there's a God thing, a God principle, Satan will always try to counterfeit. Satan will always try to counter what God is doing. And in 2 Timothy, we're going to read that. 2 Timothy 3 says, but mark this, there will be terrible times when, in the last days, people will be lovers, Think of, I want you to th watch this, lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, without love, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, Brutal, not lovers of the good, treacherous, rash, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying its power, have nothing to do with such people. The, the deal is this. The whole first 80% of that passage, you're like, yeah, man, that's society at large. That's just really where we are. 
and that, that's just what I see every day on the news. But then it has that dash. Having a form of godliness but denying. Y'all, he's talking about church people. Oh, he's, he's not talking about society at large. I mean, that's how society is. That's where we are right now. That's, I mean, really, that, those are the attributes of society. But, 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 but he's talking about right here having a form of... Those are people that profess Christianity. Having a form of godliness. What's that? What, that's religion. That's religion, but they're denying the power of love. They're denying the power that comes to us when Jesus Christ lives inside of us. What's Acts 1.8 say? But you'll receive what? Power after the Holy Spirit comes on you. That's the power of God, Jesus living inside of us. That's the love that works through us. This pretty much not only sums up our world, but talks about a lot of, of religion. Did you notice that love was mentioned six times in that passage? Love or lovers? Satan wants love to be perverted and misdirected so it's not used for its intended purpose. See how he twists things? Say twist things. So today, I'm going to challenge you. I'm almost finished. We're going to flip the script. The world says I, me, and mine. Love says us, we, and ours. The world says I, me, and mine. Love says us, we, and ours. Religion is exclusive, but love is inclusive. Let's get better together. Let's eradicate the spirit of hate from our community and watch it spread through all of our spheres of influence. Change doesn't start with somebody else. Change starts right here. Change starts at home. Change starts with me. If you want to see change in your home, change yourself. And how do you change yourself? Romans 12, 2, be transformed by the renewing of your mind or the way you think. Let God transform you. Let him transform the way you think. So no matter who you are, where you're from, what your ethnicity, your sex, your affiliation, let's just love. If you can't love here, you're going to have a hard time in heaven. Heaven's going to be a bigger melting pot than, than what we have here. That's it. The words I love you should freely flow from our mouth and not be awkward. Like, I love you. I love you. Nah. Loud and proud, baby. I love you. Don't be afraid to express feelings of, of love for somebody. Here's a challenge for the week. Do something for someone in your life just because you love them. It's not just about you. Do something for somebody in your life this week just because you love them, not because you have to, but because they deserve it and they need it. Validate someone this week. Valid lift somebody up this week. Be love and give the gift of love. We read from 1 Corinthians 13 that if, if we did things and had things without love that were nothing. So let's flip that. If we do all these things because of love, we have everything and we will be exactly who God has created us to be. Let's stand. So your challenge for this week, do something for somebody just because you love them, just because. John 13, 35 says this, by this, 
Everybody say, buy this. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples. Not because of what you do, not because of how, not because that you're this big religious person. If you love one another. First person spoken by who? Don't be shy. By Jesus. Those are words from his mouth. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. This is how everybody's going to know that Jesus is living inside of you. This, this is our calling card. It's our love. We've said this a lot here. We haven't said it for a minute. But what does love require of you? What does love require of me? For God so loved the world, he gave. Because he loved me, I will start filling in the blanks. I will give my life to him. I will experience the salvation that he offered me. I will experience the forgiveness that he died for. I will experience the forgiveness every single day because his word assures me that his mercies are new every morning. I will walk in forgiveness. I will extend forgiveness. I will walk in grace. I will extend grace. I will walk in love and I will extend love. Why? Because he loves me. That's all. Because he loves me and that's enough. He doesn't owe me one more thing. I pray lots of prayers, man, and some of them are really huge and they, they freak me out. They'd really freak you out. I pray some really audacious prayers. But you know what? At the end of the day, he doesn't owe me one more thing. Because he loved me. Because he saved me. And because he continues to show his grace and his mercy to me every single day. It's all about love. And if we don't have it, we don't have anything. And if we're doing this without love, we don't have anything. We do this with love, and we've got everything. That's it. That's the bottom line. And we're going to grow, and we're going to be exactly who he wants us to be, who he's designed us to be. So let's flip this script today on society, on religious world, on everybody. Let's, let's flip this script. And what did Jesus say the most important two things are to do? To love God and to love my neighbor. That's it. That's why that passage about... about in the last days, perilous times will come. That's why that's such, that it so flies in the face of God because love God and love your neighbor. Don't just love your neighbor. Love your neighbor as yourself. And we can't be a lover of ourselves if we're loving our neighbor like ourselves, Right? It, it doesn't work. It's all about love because love wins. I hate love you. No. I love you. And I love him. Why? Because he loves me. And that's it. Anne's brought baby Hope up here and we, we just prayed for her. And I, I asked her if I could share this. When she was born a little bit early and her first hearing test, she failed. She had no hearing in either ear. She had none at all. And uh, Anne asked us to pray. We, we prayed and one Sunday I walked across the back, grabbed her and we prayed for her. 
Her very next doctor visit, one ear was completely open and the other one was still blocked. And we, I don't know, two, three weeks, we prayed. Her last doctor's visit, both ears completely open. And she hears what I clap and looking around to see what's going on. Let that increase your faith. Let that, let that show you that, that he hears, he hears. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Amen. I pray you have a fantastic week. Love on somebody. Do something good for somebody this week just because you love them. No other reason. Just love on people. All right. Love y'all.